0: i still kind of want to be a rapper i was a rapper named big tub i was called big tub
1: and the tabby cats there's no this this has to be a shit post because there's no way robert no there's no way robert pattinson was a rapper named big tub and i didn't know about it before this very moment Welcome to Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a golden onion. And this week, we celebrate the spooky season with that foundational text of paranormal romance, Twilight. Before we watch you sleep, remember you can help us on Mortified, The Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron, Do you remember middle school? Vaguely. I bet you remember this part of middle school pretty well.
0: Yeah, basically, like, anytime I had downtime, my nose was in a Twilight book.
1: Oh, Twilight Mania hit my private elementary school in the year 2007. Uh, so, big you know it hit it hit all of the seventh grade class uh very hard and it was it was a big phenomenon throughout throughout that era and um yeah i i think that a lot of us who are in that weird like not really millennial but definitely not gen z like zone remember this era um because it was it was huge
0: i mean yeah that tracks for me too i think 2008 is when i hit peak twilightiness um Honestly, mostly I remember thinking that the people who were team Jacob were fucking unhinged because um, I did not remember the books giving those two boys equal treatment. So anybody who was like, no, this should be with Jacob, I was like, "I." Stephanie Meyer has not given us a single reason not to think that Bella is not going to finally get to fuck that vampire. <laughs> and that was correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, poor Jacob, I... You know, I'm glad that he features, I guess, prominently in New Moon, but uh, otherwise, that poor, poor werewolf never had a chance.
0: A fun little fact about Taylor Lautner in New Moon is that for the poster, he had to look taller than both Edward and Bella, but he's a short king, so they did put him on an apple box for the shoot.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. You know what, Jacob? Uh, Sorry, Mr. Lautner. (laughs) Uh, Props. A short king's got to stand tall together, so uh thank you for representing us out there
0: yeah i mean i don't know if he's the rep you want
1: i don't think so but (laughs) listen much like the native americans in this show uh the short kings do not get the representative representation we want either so um
0: Oh, yeah. We should probably mention right up at the top of the show that uh, Twilight does get into some, like, mm, uh, bad zones. Mm-hmm. But the worst is definitely the way it represents the uh, Quileute tribe, which is like a real tribe yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Um, They do have like, a whole website dedicated to refuting the way that Twilight portrays them. So, um, if you want to participate in the Twilight Renaissance, it's just something uh, to be aware of. And if you can support the tribe in any way, uh, I would suggest you do so because, um, you know, uh, not not a great way to, to represent these fine folks.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh making fiction in media is is such a difficult and time-consuming uh labor of love for a lot of people um but one kind of red flag is when your media has to have a notice by a minority group that says hey this media did a bad job of representing us and it's actually hurting us because of all the weird tourists that come out to our uh various lands and and monuments so um yeah not great um, no Anyway, let's. Tr- I guess I'm gonna try to summarize Twilight because this is uh, ostensibly a, your recommendation.
0: You did write the summary, and I think it's a pretty good, concise one. Because uh, even though this movie is about what is it, two hours long?
1: Yes, two hours.
0: Not much happens.
1: No, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, basically, we are introduced to Bella Swan, a uh, junior from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, she's not really like other girls, you know. She's interested in. Not not really interested in boys and the drama of high school. She's got her mindset on more complicated things. Uh, she moves out to Forks, Washington, because her mom has recently um, started a relationship with a minor league baseball player uh, and needs a little bit of primacy from her daughter, I guess. Um, so she goes out to live with her dad for a while um, in this very small town. Her dad's a cop uh and has kind of a strained relationship with her you know uh he they they don't see eye to eye he he uh you know it's hard uh to relate to your teenage daughter uh i i suspect uh, especially when she's coming from a big city like phoenix to a small town like fork so uh they have kind of a strange relationship but uh you know he does his best gets her a cool truck um despite all these difficulties, Bella becomes basically one of the most popular girls at school uh, overnight uh, just because uh, according to Anna Kendrick, uh, it's like a shiny new toy in kindergarten. Uh, everybody wants to play with Bella, which is a weird thing to say. but um, Bella's above that you know despite all the the friends that she pretty much instantly makes. she's not really interested in any of them. Uh, She is interested, however, in the strange family that also attends the school, the Cullens, in particular, uh, Edward Cullen, who is uh, a brooding, uh, pasty uh, weirdo um, that she is paired with in biology class. And despite the fact that he thinks she smells like shit, apparently, uh, she really likes him. Uh, And over the course of several weeks and months, they kind of grow in appreciation of each other. Um, there's a very important scene in the biology course, uh, where, you know, Edward's like, uh, you know, sorry that I made it seem like, uh, you smelled bad. That's not my, it's not your fault. It's not my fault either, but I'm anyway, do you want to label some cells? Uh, and they win the golden onion as Layla mentioned in our intro and it's maybe the best touch, uh, in this show. I think the golden onion is hugely underrated, but, um, great, great plot beat. Uh, but they become really close, uh, and, and uh, Edward actually ends up saving Bella's life uh, several times. Uh, one time using uh, supernatural strength, protecting her from a car that is sliding towards her on the ice. And uh, it's at that point she realizes that there's something up with this Cullen kid. Uh, she goes to her uh, local um, native bookstore uh, and looks up uh, on in the internet uh, stories of the cold ones and determines that Edward's a vampire you like like dracula you know from dracula um and if that's basically the ball game edward's like yeah you got me i'm a vampire uh there's a great scene out in the forest where the, you know they just like leave school uh <laughs> and um she's like i know what you are and edward's like say it uh she's like vampire and um they have a conversation about how his despite the fact that his skin glows in the sunlight his skin is the skin of a killer uh and that's something they're gonna have to reckon with in the next several books but um there is a bit weird subplot that comes in at the end there's um uh, a group of evil vampires that doesn't like the collins and they they meet bella and one of them gets really obsessed with her and wants to drink her blood uh he tricks her into coming back to phoenix um they you know have a have a dramatic meeting where it looks like bella's about to be killed you know he bites her injects his vampire venom into her so it looks like she's either gonna die or get turned into a vampire uh edward comes to the rescue sucks the venom out and prevents the transformation uh and they go to prom together at the end uh uncertain about the future but excited for what the relationship might hold
0: i mean yeah
1: that's, that's Twilight.
0: that's twilight it's like an hour and a half of awkward quirky teenage romance content and then 30 minutes of I guess there's a murderer
1: yeah um we'll talk about that in our talking points but um that is my least favorite part of this movie I think that you know Twilight got, got a bad rap in a lot of ways but there are parts of this film that I really enjoy and we're um we're gonna see how that breaks it down but yeah Layla um what do you know about Bella tell me about Miss Swan
0: <sighs> Aaron is she even
1: italian <laughs> <laughs> so this is this the like quirky romance stuff that i think is really great right there's stuff where edward brings uh, bella home to meet his vampire family and there's this whole scene where they're like preparing dinner and like they walk in on them having this conversation you know rosalie doesn't really like bella and she's just like god i don't like this human girl <laughs> her her name's Isabella is she even Italian and they're making pasta (laughs) for her it's so funny uh it rules um and there's just so many little bits like that despite the fact that you know Kristen Stewart's you know acting was famously lambasted in in this series for being stilted and and non-emotive but I honestly don't think that it was that bad I mean I think that's just how a lot of teen girls are if they're just kind of depressed um (laughs) And Bella is depressed, so... Uh,
0: Kristen Stewart does the absolute best she could possibly do with that material. Um, Bella does not do a whole lot, and she's got two moods, which is just inquisitive and horny. Um, And I think she really does as much as she could possibly do uh, with that content. That being said, you did refer to her as a not-like-other-girls girl, and I would like to disagree with that as an expert in girl subgenres. Please. Um... So and not like the Doctor Mamadova, the
1: floor is yours. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, And not like like other girls, girl, uh, it will actively reject female companionship and uh, will say things like, see, this is why I don't hang out with girls. There's so much drama. This is why I only hang out with guys. But actually, she does pretty good uh, with the two female friends she has who are Anna Kendrick, and I will not be referring to her by her character name because she's just Anna fucking Kendrick. Um, And Angela, who I think is a treat, and she's a strong powerful independent woman as the movie refers to her as Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I think Bella uh, falls into the subgenre of quirky it's just a little weird, you know, but she doesn't reject female companionship. So I think I would like to, to you know, establish that as the area expert.
1: No, you, you're you're completely right. My point is refuted. Uh Yes, Bella, Bella has female friends. And despite the fact that I don't know that she's an especially good friend to them, you know, she doesn't hate them. She doesn't try to distance herself from them very much. She's just more interested in Edward. And like, you know, I get it. Not not a whole lot of options, you know, not a whole lot of opportunities in this life uh, to date, a vampire come up, and you got to make you got to cut some folks in the roster. So sorry, Anna Kendrick. Sorry, um, <laughs> Angela. Uh, yep, there you go. <laughs> scroll down that one. Um, well, her
0: name her name maybe gets brought up once. So I also did forget Angela's name and yeah. had to look
1: it up. Um, but yeah, um you know, I, I think the 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 biggest criticism of you know this movie is that yeah, Bella doesn't have a whole lot of agency. Um, I mean, she does actively, like, sort of do her own research and figure out what's going on. But, you know, a lot of the key moments, she relies on Edward to save her. Um, and that's, you know, maybe that is part of the appeal of, of paranormal romance. Uh, you know, we talked about Jupiter Ascending, how it's kind of nice to be like, oh, I have a cool uh, weird wolf boyfriend who, who comes to save me. Um, you know, maybe that's part of the genre. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a sishet. I don't, you know, romance is not necessarily my thing. But I... I thought she was a fine if you know kind of um she says she's a tabula rasa right like the purpose of paranormal romance is for people to be able to relate to her that's kind of why she's there
0: yeah i mean just to switch over to my other phd which is being a doctor of monster fucking um <laughs> i will uh I will say that I don't think she relies on him to save her so much as he just kind of, like, shows up all the time. Um, he is a little creepy. We'll talk about Edward in a second. Um, but I will say part of the appeal of, of monster and paranormal romance is, um, one, is that it allows people who are generally othered in society to, like have another other to lean on, right? So, like, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Oscar-winning monster fucking, yeah, masterpiece Shape of Water um, does rely on, you know, a woman with a disability who falls in love with this uh, very tight-assed fish man. Um, But then the other thing about having, like, a a monster or paranormal um, romance is that um, part of the appeal is the monster partner being harmless to you right like there's an element of danger but they are protective of you i don't think that element gets executed in twilight very well because edward is a stalker um but that's kind of the vibe it's trying to go for anyway edward's a stalker with the skin of a
1: killer (laughs) yeah um listen robert pattinson is an icon i think we all read that one interview of him where he was like putting tinfoil in the microwave while this reporter was trying to have a conversation with him Oh yeah, uh,
0: making posture
1: yeah just an absolute disaster uh love love that guy uh he did he did a netflix movie about the uh the battle of um the one with the longbows all the eh, it doesn't, doesn't matter um it's called the king i think he was in that he, he played a weirdo frenchman uh he was great um your ex. But uh, yeah, Edward is—he <sighs> thirsts for El- for Bella's blood. We we get that straight up. That's like the second line in the movie. It's like there's three thi- there's three things we know about Edward. <laughs> we know he's a vampire. We know that he thirsts for Bella's blood, and we know that she's in love with him absolutely and irrevocably. Oh um, fuck off! <laughs> so like i mean that's kind of it right that's like his whole thing is to is to be her constant watcher and and uh protector and you know obsessed over her um i do think it is uh weird that he has been you know he's over 100 years old and doesn't have like the weirdest conversational style ever <laughs> like i wish that he talked to, like a weirdo 30s man
0: yeah because she does say sometimes you talk like you're not from this time but i'm like no he just talks like a redditor <laughs>
1: uh he hmm that's true i don't know maybe he doesn't have access to the internet maybe he's just not into it um
0: honestly i wouldn't blame him he was just like one of those weird old men that like refused and then it turned into like a hipster thing but he's actually just bad at cell phones you know
1: yeah yeah i mean we get that very classic tumblr post that like it is actually great that edward does not use a cell phone throughout the uh the twilight series because he would just be blowing up bella's phone all the time just being like saw snail the day effervescent
0: (laughs) there's a somebody makes a pin that is a snail with the word effervescent on it and it's been in my wish list for fucking ever so thank you for reminding me um Uh, i do need to get myself an effervescent pin um yeah he's kind of a funky little weirdo um but i think there's generous readings of edward where he's just kind of like sad and funny Um, And I enjoy those readings um, of Edward because otherwise he is, again, a weirdo stalker that watches his girlfriend sleep before she's ever his girlfriend. Um, uh, Bella's parents are next on our list. We see very little of Renee. Uh, She seems like a girl's girl. She seems like a party mom. She's fun. Um, Charlie's supremacy, though.
1: Charlie is one of my favorite characters in this movie uh, Just because he's like, you know it, <laughs> The sad divorced dad Is maybe one of the, my favorite character Archetypes in media It's just like, guy who's down on his luck You know, misses his his ex-wife Doesn't really know what to do Um, and is just Just trying to do his best For, for, for his kids Um, you know, he, he buys Bella this old Rusty truck, and you know Everybody at school makes fun of her for it But like, he's trying You know, he's like, there's one point where he's like, oh, do you know who you're going to go to prom with? And she's like, dad, do you really want to talk about boys right now? He's like, no, I don't. That's a good point. Thank you. And they just continue eating their eggs. It's really good.
0: I like when uh, Bella's like, hey, I have a date with Edward Cullen. He wants to meet you. And Charlie, like, snaps his shotgun that he's been cleaning shut. And he's like, all right, invite him in. Like, he's trying to be such a hard ass about it. Charlie Swan, I mean, like, listen, A cab, but listen. Charlie Swan is, is really fucking great um he deserves better and his daughter treats him like shit which i mean i guess you could amount to her being 17 um i treated my mom not great when i was 17 but you know here's hoping that a vampire bella maybe treats her dad with a little bit more for with the respect he deserves to be
1: frank for sure for sure um bella's got Four named school friends. We already mentioned Anna Kendrick, who uh, Layla's just posted that tweet that Anna Kendrick made, which is, um, "Holy shit! I just remembered I was in Twilight," <laughs> which uh, kind of sums up her character. <laughs> There's Mike, who is, uh, just a just a guy. He's a dude.
0: Yeah, he's just a dude. He's got a crush on Bella. That's it. Anna Kendrick is thirsty for him.
1: It's, it's pretty good um there's eric who i think is like one of two asian characters in this franchise and uh he you know he doesn't get it he's he's kind of a creep uh he's just like oh you're the this is your first day at school i'm gonna put you on the front page of the school newspaper uh and he, yeah i don't know they 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 frame him in a, in a gross way and uh yeah kind of stinks that the only like major asian character is like this but uh yeah Eric's not a good not a good guy
0: yeah that leaves Angela uh who I love she's the photographer from the newspaper she's got a thing for Eric and she wants him to ask her to prom but he she wants to ask Bella to prom and Bella doesn't notice because she's got hard eyes for the killer um and so she calls angela a strong independent woman and i think that's very good because then angela like rolls into the next scene she's like you were right i did it i took control and now we're going to prom together i'm like you're my favorite character
1: <laughs> Angela so rules. Funny. i mean we don't get a whole lot of information about her but like they like her character intro is just like uh I, if we can't do a feature on this new student i guess we'll uh just do another you know anti drinking and driving promo and then bell is like uh what if you talked about like i don't know people in on the swim team wearing bigger jock straps and she's like that's actually genius uh we're talking olympic size uh, and i was like hell yeah angela you get that expose
0: yeah she's really fucking good um the next ca- character on our list is jacob played by uh, taylor lautner aka shark boy
1: Yeah, he was Sharkboy, huh?
0: He didn't come back for the sequel.
1: Ugh, what a shame. That's Sharkboy and Lava
0: Girl, yeah. Oh, man. You know, of all the things having a renaissance, I think we need more kids superhero movies.
1: Honestly. We're done with Marvel, we just need more weird children doing weird stuff in weird CGI.
0: With Steve Buscemi getting, like, (laughs) weirdly existential for a scene for some reason anyway yeah. Jacob's barely in this movie and is really boring which is why we got distracted by him being shark boy
1: yeah he the probably the best part uh, that he gets is at the very end where he stops over at prom right before Bella and Edward show up and uh, he's like hey so my dad paid me twenty dollars to tell you to break up with your boyfriend uh, and that rules
0: which yeah which leads me to the point of also all the dads are good um billy is incredible (laughs) billy (laughs) is dropping hot hints at bella all the time of like i know what your boyfriend is i know you know what your boyfriend is and i don't like it um and i love billy and he's cool and him and charlie are really good friends and their friendship makes me smile
1: it's really good like he always comes over to watch the mariners games and like just has a bunch of like beers and uh and fried fish and it's just like what's up charlie what's up bella uh my grandson here is really horny for you anyway bye (laughs) (laughs) he kicks ass
0: he is so good okay let's do the speed round through (sighs) edward's vampire family because there's a lot of them and they don't get a lot of screen time uh alice
1: yeah she's weird and she could tell the future
0: yeah, she can tell the future. I love her very much. Uh, Rosalie, you don't find this out in this movie. I don't know if you find this out in any movie. It might be a book thing. She kills rapists. I love
1: her. Very cool. We're pro-rapist murdering here. Uh, Emmett, he's like a big muscly guy.
0: Yeah, he wears his baseball hat funny in the baseball scene. I love him.
1: He's very cool. Um, Carlyce, uh he's the... Carly. Carlisle Is that Car- how? Carlyle. Ah.
0: Carlisle.
1: yeah he's Thank a daddy you. in the truest sense of the word great good um jasper so here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> jasper doesn't say a whole lot you know he's the newest initiate to the vampire family he did fight for the confederacy during the united states civil war and we do have to cancel him for that
0: Yeah, yeah, Jess was canceled. Um, Anna Kendrick describes him perfectly. The performance is just he looks like he's in pain all the time.
1: (laughs) It's really good, and he does
0: they all kind of well all the boys do like yeah. edward also gives a really big uh, lightly constipated performance a lot mm-hmm. uh, it's supposed to look intense it doesn't no um and the last one is esme esme is just like a fun mom and i love her because when they're cooking that italian dinner for bella she goes here comes the human <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um i just realized when you said bella's mom's name that they're edward and jake or nope <laughs> <laughs> wrong fanfic uh edward and bella's daughter is her name is a combination of their mom's names which is yeah
0: um, yeah it's, it's like a point she makes in mm. the in the book
1: weird when she's like
0: Renesmee, which we'll talk about Renezme a little <laughs> bit later <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so there's also three evil vampires um one one is james he's the one who gets obsessed with bella in the last like 30 minutes of the movie he's uh he's a weirdo i don't know not a fan no
0: there's victoria um she doesn't do much she's the main villain in the next one though
1: oh sick because she does have a cape that's very cool
0: yeah i'll say these three if i was a vampire in the early 2000s i would dress like they dress
1: yeah it's an impeccable aesthetic it's
0: aggressive and i love it
1: (laughs) as it should be uh laurent uh he doesn't wear a shirt he just has like a cool jacket and that's cool too
0: yeah and he's black a vampire and they didn't make him look weird pasty gray about it so you know
1: what thank you
0: for 2008
1: that's representation (laughs) you know what diversity win i think
0: (laughs) so those are all our characters which means it's time for the game that i i made up i'm um, so excited for this in the spirit of uh talking like a linkedin ceo oh no (laughs) so our good friend robert pattinson um famously hates these movies and as aaron lightly brought up earlier is a little bit unhinged in interviews um the man has lost his hinges and i love that for him i love that energy um so i would like to know aaron if you can tell the difference between something that uh robert pattinson has said in an interview versus a shit post on tumblr
1: okay good i'm excited i'm excited for this
0: great uh uh round number one women get to smell like real things men get to smell like concepts
1: Ooh, that has big Tumblr energy, but it's also such a wild thing to say. I think it's a RPAT quote.
0: Incorrect. That is a Tumblr quote. Dang However, it. he he did say, lots of people tell me I smell like a crayon, like I'm <laughs> embalmed. <laughs> that's really <hilarious. laughs> So that's round two. <clears throat> I really hate vaginas. I'm allergic to vagina. Did he... Did Robert say this? That was Robert Fanson. What? Robert, why? (laughs) Talking about um, having to be in a scene with like 12 nude actresses for like (laughs) 11 hours. All right, sure. Round three. I still kind of want to be a rapper. I was a rapper named Big Tub. I was called Big Tub and the Tabby Cats.
1: There's no... (laughs) This, ha- this has to be a shit post because there's no way Robert, no! There's no <laughs> way Robert Pattinson was a rapper named Big Tom and I didn't know about it before this very moment. Dude,
0: Robert Pattinson was a rapper named Big Tom and the Tammy cats. Whew. Okay, round four. <clears throat> I once heard a theory that the Loch Ness Monster is actually the ghost of a dinosaur and since it's harmless, I've decided to believe it.
1: Okay, I feel like I've seen that one on Tumblr. Okay, yeah, that's a Tumblr one. That's
0: a Tumblr one. That's a Tumblr one. Okay, round five, final one. I'd prohibit boring people. In my opinion, there's nothing worse. The people who were boring should be in prison and be forced to learn to be creative with the other prisoners. What?
1: (laughs) I mean, of course this is a Robert quote.
0: That is a Robert quo yeah. It's, so wild. <laughs> it's such a
1: wild and specific thing to say that, of course, it's a Robert quote.
0: Three out of five. Great job. Not bad. Uh, Not bad. I love that big tub of the tabby cats gotcha.
1: Gonna download that album right now.
0: <laughs> uh, honestly, I'd listen to it.
1: <sighs> so, Layla, we discussed the characters, we discussed the plot, we played a great game about Robert Pattinson now it's time to get down to the real meat of the podcast this is what our listeners come for is this really hard-hitting media analysis that we bring with our many years of experience and you know literature and critique um is twilight good
0: i think it's effervescent (laughs) great good i mean like okay no right (laughs) like from every angle it's kind of bad it's it's tacky um no offense to stephanie meyer it's not written like particularly well it's not exactly high literature um but something about it is compelling right like you said like there's moments of genuine delight in it um and if i think if i think if it bought more into the like delightful quirky moments it might have not tried so hard to have a bigger overarching plot um but like it's just goofy and I think it's completely fair to criticize it. Um, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about how this is a like a virginity allegory, um, and it is like very drenched in Mormonism, which Stephanie Meyer is Mormon, and again, like fully deserving of the criticism of the way it treats its native characters and the the mythology of the Quillu tribe. Um, but as just like a piece of goofy paranormal romance. Um, I think it's funny and fun and weird and that's fun you know sometimes it's nice to shut your brain off and be able to acknowledge that a property has problems but then watch a grown man put a woman on his back and say hang on spider monkey and crawl <laughs> up a tree you
1: every know every single time one of the vampires moves it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life
0: the vampire physicality in general in these movies is hilarious. They move like JRPG characters doing idle animations, and then sometimes they'll hiss.
1: They absolutely do. That's exactly right. They all have various stances that are completely deranged. Um, <laughs> Unhinged. Here's the thing. There are some like, pretty iconic moments, like the, the baseball scene, like, which is maybe like, one of the most famous scenes from this movie.
0: <laughs> super massive black hole and
1: then just it's good as fuck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like just watching these people like pretend to run do super speed and like hitting the these balls so loud that it creates like thunderclaps like that's great I love that shit like that's the kind of like fun world building like sci-fi shit that that I feel like you know is is lacking in a lot of other like bit you know anything that involves like sci-fi or fantasy like we don't get like very fun moments of like how the magic magical aspects of a certain world would would actually impact normal life and like stephanie meyer kind of crushes it with this one like it's such a fun thing to imagine like vampires are like okay we can only go out and play baseball in the rain during a thunderstorm because of these reasons and like they do and they have a good fun time and they all have like their fun baseball outfits on and it's so cute I know, like, the uniforms
0: are so fucking funny because what else are you going to do with, you know, your millions and millions of dollars from all your jobs that you probably don't pay taxes on? <laughs> um, and also there's the the um, graduation cap wall, which I think is extremely funny. So all their high good. school graduation caps. Because the younger they start in an area, the longer they can stay there. Yeah, so there's, like, genuine delightful moments. Um, that being said, I do think we need to call out the, like, Bizarro rules for vampires That are set up in this uniform Universe because it does get a lot of Um It does get a lot of hate Um just from people who are like stuck up About vampires you know Where a lot of folks were like oh this is A book for teenage girls and vampires You do real vampires or pussy vampires You know but
1: mm-hmm. Vampires aren't real does it yeah, fucking matter people, people got really upset about Not following vampire canon It's like y'all bram stoker made up half this shit in like the 19th century he just he didn't even know what germs were he didn't wipe his ass like let's let's not be so precious about it
0: also yeah and bram stoker wrote one of the queerest books imaginable um so let's not even begin to get into it but uh yeah so like you know traditional vampires quote unquote burn up in the sunlight they only come out at night um they have to sleep in coffins they can't cross bodies of moving water um a lot of the times they need like their ancestral dirt with them they drink blood like you can't be a vegetarian you have to drink human blood um some of them are like a scale of monstrosity In Twilight, you glitter in the sunlight. Um, You're like diamonds. You look like you've Um, been
1: bedazzled.
0: (laughs) It's so good. It's so funny. The CGI is incredible. Um, You also move super fast. We find out that Edward is, like, the fastest Um, you have individual cool magic powers, so, like, Jasper's whole thing is he can change the mood in a room, um, Alice can tell the future, I actually really like the way Alice's future telling is, because it's subjective, it changes, um... I also really like, um, I forget what Rosalie's thing is. Emmett's just super, like, really strong. And Edward can read minds. um, So everybody has their own cool magic power. I think Bella's ends up being, she does get turned eventually. um, Bella's ends up being that she's, like, a shield. Like, she can protect people around her from the effects of other vampires' powers. And that's why Edward can't read her mind. Oh, neat. Yeah! So... You know, when we say this is a paranormal romance, it makes up its own rules.
1: And that's fine. I think, you know, do I want more Twilights? Like, no, not really. But I do want more people taking existing canon and doing weird, dumb shit with it. Like, that's what makes, you know, iterations on on old stories interesting, right? There's nothing new under the sun, right? You know, there have always been legends about, you know people who eat other people and or drink blood right that's fucking christianity right but like you know this is a fun new thing on vampires and like we should be doing more weird completely bizarro rules why not
0: yeah uh, i'm still threatening to write my book about uh werewolves uh where it's just a big allegory for premenstrual syndrome um i'm gonna do it someday but that day's not today.
1: Listen, uh, I'm Twitter friends with a publisher who wrote uh, who concurrently writes a series about post-menstrual werewolves, so maybe I'll send you a link to that later. <laughs> so, you know, the reason I don't want more Twilights is because of, of course, the aforementioned terrible treatment of the, the Quillette tribe. Um, but there's also, you know, the the weird Mormon propaganda of it all, which is not great
0: yeah so i pulled up an article called um the sexual politics of twilight and the quote i highlighted is uh, twilight's preoccupation with virginity occurs on both a literal and metaphorical level the overarching metaphor which forms the very foundations of the book is bella's desire to be bitten by edward and turned into a vampire her humanness is the major obstacle to their relationship for two reasons because at any given moment edward wants nothing more than to drain her body of blood and because she will eventually grow old and die Edward constantly refuses to change her so that she does not have to suffer the same cursed evil existence as him. It's a blunt metaphor for a rather Victorian concept of corrupted innocence. Once you've lost your virginity, there's no getting it back. And like, reading that as a paragraph does sound like someone's really pulling some, you know,
1: threads, but they're not. They're not, no. there's, there's. They even kept this in from the book. There's a whole scene where, you know, Bella's like, let's fuck right now. And Edward's like, no, I can't. And like, you know... That's, there, there's a very clear parallel between her being like let's have sex and also let's let's turn me into a vampire and he's like no I don't want to do either of those things for nebulous concepts such as purity <laughs> like there's no there's very there's no downside to being a vampire except for like people are gonna think you're weird like in this universe you're just, just super cool and sexy and live forever
0: yeah uh, which is like the funny part about framing vampirism is bad because like it isn't you make it sound delightful uh, i would like to glitter and play baseball in the rain that sounds great um and run up mountains are you kidding me i would summit the adirondack 46s in a day i would need to train for years to do it
1: i don't know It seems um, like you're getting pretty close
0: yeah uh, listeners i am getting quite fucking shredded uh- <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's uncomfortable, right? And, like, Bella, let's let's not mince words here. Bella is horny.
1: Yeah, definitely. There are, mo- as, from what I can remember, multiple scenes in every book where she's like, Edward, please, fuck me. And he's like, no, because of reasons? Well, Edward himself is a virgin. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's extremely funny that he's literally, like, a hundred-year-old virgin. <laughs>
0: yeah he literally got turned at 17 and just never thought about fucking um though though if you come at it from the concept of like every time he's out with his dad everybody wants to fuck his dad um i think he would probably be sick of thinking about sex at that point too when he's just being assaulted by everyone staring (laughs) at
1: carlisle's (laughs) ass that's that's true that's the worst part about being able to read people's thoughts just like oh my god stop it he's my father (laughs) Which,
0: like, you know, questionable, which it, I'm glad that Anna Kendrick calls out that it's weird that all the Cullens are dating, even though they're, quote unquote, like, fosters. No, uh, that's these,
1: not. That's definitely illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's awful bad, um, and bad. And I hate the framing of it. But, you know, again, not the worst thing this book does um, or this this franchise but yeah, it's, it's a huge—you uh, know, this is just doubling down on that discussion of, like, you cannot separate art from the artist. Like, this book is written by a Mormon woman, and she's not trying to hide that from you.
1: Yes, I mean, there is there is an explicit ideology behind this this series and franchise, and, you know— regardless of what your beliefs on religion are the the mormon church specifically has a very bad track record of the way it treats women and queer people uh and people of color to be fair um so let's let's just be careful whenever somebody who has a religious ideology you know makes uh, a popular media property that that contains the ideology
0: yeah and i mean like we've seen this um We've seen this stuff, like, reverberate through pop culture a lot, especially recently with a lot of debates on, you know, women's right to choose uh, cropping back up as as we see a lot of folks coming out. And um, I think the kindest way I can put it is showing their whole ass. Um, And uh, so, you know, specifically, there was a... Uh, a large-scale publisher tripwire right their ceo came out to say he's a pro-choice game developer and then if you do five minutes of digging um his christian metal band is through all his games which don't generally frame brown people in the best light you know definitely you know be aware of of who is making the media you consume
1: Uh, so we've talked a lot about some interesting aspects of twilight um the the most interesting aspect of it to me, though, is that like, besides like the Hunger Games, for for me and my like m- pop culture knowledge, this was like the last mega franchise, right? This was coming on the the heels of like Harry Potter's uh, final book ending, um, you know, and and like I said, the Hunger Games was um, you know, th- that became a huge deal, but like Twilight was like kind of the one of the last of the Titans of its era, like. In, in such a way that like i don't feel like we've seen since like the the much of the you know mid to late 2010s was dominated by marvel um you know but also just generally uh, star wars too right disney properties properties owned by disney and like i don't know if this is true but i certainly feel like twilight and and, and the hunger games were like part of this era of like you know oh this is you know a big franchise that is popular with like young people and like not owned by a megacorp and i don't know if we've seen that for for several you know years now
0: yeah i think you're right because i'm like trying to rack my brain and like the marvel the thing about like harry potter the hunger games twilight those were all geared towards like teens right marvel isn't geared towards teens It's got as much universal appeal as it could cram into those movies just because, you know, they need to appeal to everybody to make the billions of dollars in revenue that they make. Um, but there really hasn't been, like, a teen franchise in a really long time. Um, I think there are parts of the Marvel franchise that appeal to teens, right? But um, the closest I can think is, like, subcultures on the Internet, like Steven Universe had a pretty dedicated following. Yeah. Um, couple other ones that I'm blanking on presently. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm also wondering if that's like part of the way the internet and the way we talk about media has evolved because like back in the twilight days, you could find twilight fan sites, right? And like twilight forums. And we just don't have that kind of decentralization anymore. Um, and it's, I think harder for media companies run by people who are driven by a profit margin to be able to capitalize on niches like that anymore um or at least to to green light things that that could capitalize on on niches like that um but also i mean you know twilight has a book captured that kind of attention to our recent memory
1: i think a question is like whether or not a book has got to a like a film adaptation that's been so so popular like i think there've been plenty of books that are you know getting tv adaptations like in particular both the the greenbone saga and the poppy war two of my favorite book series uh have been greenlit for for television oh but and like uh, six of crows too oh yeah six of crows per for example that's been on the Battle show Bone, rather. but like yeah i feel like there is something about like a blockbuster movie that i don't know maybe that's just my fucking you know nostalgia brain being like that's what was the the high watermark of of prestige that's what makes a franchise a franchise when like maybe like you're saying media is just fragmented and it's like people think that it's it's much easier easier to make like a 12 episode run uh, on hulu than it is to make a movie maybe they they feel that that's more profitable um i'm not sure yeah
0: um definitely definitely like a weird A weird thing to notice, I guess, since our our teenage years were so driven by these mega franchises, and now I just don't see the same um, pattern, I guess.
1: I think that's a good point. Like, maybe we just grew up in an era where there were just a lot of very popular teen franchises, and, you know, I'm certainly not a media studies critic. I don't know what the 80s were like, but I don't know that, like, there were these big like, you know, Oh, there's going to be seven movies of this one franchise back in the eighties. Maybe we are returning to a state where like, you know, fingers crossed, we start getting just like smaller adaptations of more diverse media properties. Um, Although I, you know, unfortunately most media properties are owned by one or two companies now. Um, Maybe we are just getting back to a state of equilibrium. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, support support the breaking up of monopolies for for the good of the culture. Um, do we want to talk about Renesmee?
1: Uh, I just even when I heard about this back in like 2008, I was like, that's not, that's no good, right?
0: Yeah. So Bella and Edward have a, a half vampire baby who conveniently stops ages to 17 very quickly and then continu- conveniently stops aging. Um, and the worst part about Renezme, um, is that Jacob imprints on her.
1: Yeah, like the way a duck imprints on the first thing it sees when it hatches, that's no good.
0: Um, except for the fact that it does imply that they are to be romantically entwined in the future. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That sucks. Yeah.
0: It sucks. The only part about it that doesn't suck is he does nickname her Nessie. And uh, (laughs) I'm not sure if this is a part from the book or if it's just in the last movie. uh, But uh, Bella Kristen Stewart does go, Nessie, you nickname my daughter after the Loch Ness monster.
1: (laughs) Which is objectively perfect (laughs) in every way. Like we keep saying, like these movies have,
0: have moments of just absolute comedic gold which okay it's time i would like to present to you my uh twilight breaking dawn part two conspiracy theory so i have had this belief for a very long time since i've seen the last movie in theaters as god intended um and um i think that robert pattinson did some uncredited editing on twilight breaking down part two um, what? <laughs> so the last movie in this franchise. Um, so they do finally fuck uh, Edward and Bella Natch and um, I cannot get the shot out of my mind but um, when they finish fucking, um, Bella's orgasm face is framed by like glitter in the frame like straight up windows movie maker glitter effects okay. um there is another scene in the in the film motion picture film um which i martin sheen plays a large part in these motion pictures Sorry. and he, he delivers the performance of a lifetime as an italian mega vampire um okay And so Martin Sheen and his vampire army show up to kill Bella's weird half-baby, and, well, there is not this scene in the book, but a big fight breaks out, and Carlisle gets decapitated and shit, and then you realize that it's Alice's vision, which is incredible. (laughs) Then the movie finishes with what I can only describe as a purple filtered Windows movie maker montage of Bella and Edward's time together that looks like your boyfriend in seventh grade made it for you. I think it's brilliant filmmaking and I want to watch it a thousand times.
1: Why do you think Robert Pattinson edited this?
0: Because he hates those movies so much and only somebody who hated those movies would do it. The tonal shift is incredible.
1: Great, good. Yeah, Um, so I
0: think you should watch at least Breaking Dawn Part 2.
1: I will try my hardest to avoid that, but (laughs) between you and my wife, we will see if I escape.
0: Tweet at Aaron, at AaronXXL to watch the rest of the Twilight (laughs) Franchise.
1: Great. Do it. Uh, Well, Layla, normally we have a marketing minute, uh, but as you pointed out, we have Uh, uh, someone has already rebooted Twilight for Gen Z. I will put a link to the show notes, but, uh, it's also twilightbutokayer.tumblr.com. Uh, it's pretty fucking good. It's a very, very cute webcomic. Uh, I think you all should check it out. Uh, if you have any interest in maybe what if the Twilight franchise was just like kind of a cute slice of life, like I wish it had been.
0: Yeah, they play cornhole instead of baseball. It's
1: pretty good. (laughs) As a Midwesterner, that sounds like the best. (laughs) God, Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Well, listeners, thank you for uh, tuning in for this first part of our spooky season. What are we doing next week, Layla?
0: So next week is actually a little spooky break um, as we go into Dream Drop Distance. (gasps) Um, we are, we are, listen, we would have skipped this month Kingdom Hearts-wise. It is going to be a mini episode, um, but we are desperate to finish, uh, for our Scorpio season special for our birthdays, which is next month with Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, but after, uh, Dream Drop Distance, we are returning to our favorite Mary Sue Light Yagami for the live action adaptation of Death Note It'll from make me Netflix. Do, two Death Notes in one
1: month. Huh. <laughs> and then uh, we also will be listening to the Death Note musical soundtrack. That might actually be incredible. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Figures extremely crossed for that. Uh, yeah, wow. Two very, very niche episodes in a row. Can't wait for that. Um, and then, of course, we will be uh finishing up our uh, spooky season with uh, a dip into the fallout new vegas dlc uh
0: dead money dead money
1: yes um so yeah spooky season is gonna be very fun in some very strange ways so thank you listeners uh for for uh coming along on this weird ride with us um layla when you're not devising new ways to get me to watch media that i will not like um when where where and when can people uh-huh. find you on the internet
0: <laughs> um well you can find me active most hours of the day because it can't seem to fall asleep um but i am at l-e-y-l-s-e-s on twitter and tumblr um aaron where can people find you,
1: you find me on the twitter at aaron sxl you can listen to other podcasts i do at mortif nope that's this one at, <laughs> at-,
0: <laughs> at the totally bible boys great.
1: i've done this i've done this on both podcasts (laughs) um uh, at the bible boys uh we are changing our release schedule to wednesdays and um the wednesday after this comes out we are starting our own spooky season where michael makes me and his sibling josh watch horror movies that are only tangentially related to christianity uh the first one we watched was annabelle creation uh michael says that's the least scary of the four so that sucks, because uh, it was very frightening, um, but you can listen to us talk about that on Wednesday. Um, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko, uh, from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Um, also, I, I'm i trying to get into the tabletop space, uh, so I released an expansion to that tabletop game I made earlier this year. Uh, it's called Crafted Kingdom um it's a uh, collaborative setting builder it probably takes between you know 15 and 90 minutes for your group to collaboratively build a setting and i think it's really fun and i worked a lot on it so uh I'll put a link to that in the show notes check that out um but now layla as we wave goodbye to our listeners but tell them to prepare themselves for our spookiest season yet what do you say You better hold on, spider monkey. (laughs) We'll see you next week.